Yana, let's start by looking at the oil markets. Back in focus as Brent crude posted a strong rebound on Thursday. Um, what's been the catalyst for the latest gains? Yes, Sakina, um, so quite a strong rally in oil um, in yesterday's session, and this this rebound follows a trend lower that we've seen through the course of the past week and a half. Um, it seems as though the main catalyst for, for the strong upside that we saw yesterday was uh, comments from from officials in Saudi Arabia as well as Russia, where they've now indicated that uh, a supply cut to deal between both OPEC and non-OPEC members, which includes Russia, of course, might be extended to to the end of 2018, the end of next year. And th- this is, is way longer than, than initial indications that they plan on extending um, the supply cut deal to March 2018. And um, what, it's, what it seems as though what's happening right now is that, that these two producers, which are both prominent players in the international market, they are evidently trying to continue to pop up oil prices as they benefit from high oil prices for obvious reasons. Um, oil is both of the, these nations. It's the main source of, of government revenues for them. So they, they naturally would like to see higher oil prices. Um, and also uh, what's quite important is Saudi Arabia plans on listing 5% of its state-owned oil company uh, called Saudi Aramco next year, and again, um, with this um, listing, this initial public offering in the pipeline for 2018, Saudi Arabia would also like to see oil prices um, remaining supported. Uh, so for this reason, uh, these two nations, they have been the key drivers behind uh, this latest rebound in oil. Um, we, we still need to see whether or not um, other OPEC producers would be on board to, to uh, you know, to agree to extending supply cuts to the end of next year. Because while the supply cuts uh, prop up oil prices, it does mean that these nations uh, are forced to, to produce less oil, which could also have a negative impact on, on the revenues that they generate from oil. Um, Maybe just something else that's worth a mention is uh, rumors recently um, came to the light that at last is meeting uh, between OPEC, between the OPEC and both non-OPEC members. Saudi Arabia indicated that in the event that they cannot reach a supply cut deal, they might be willing to leave uh, the OPEC group, which is quite a drastic measure from Saudi Arabia. So. Uh, for the time being, it seems as though Saudi is committed to keep oil prices supported for as long as they possibly can. Um, and this is now providing some support to oil markets. But we also need to just remain aware of the fact that, that U.S. exports have ramped up significantly. Um, U.S. oil production has also been increasing. And this is something that should keep a limit on the extent to which oil prices can rise. So for the time being, we think that oil um, is likely to trade between a range of roughly $55 a barrel up to about $59 a barrel, as the market has shown recently that levels closer to $60 a barrel seems a bit too high for them. So, yeah, that's that's what we expect for oil in, in coming weeks. Interesting indeed. And then uh, we touched on this yesterday, the uh, South African uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry Business Confidence Index that was released yesterday, Yana. Any good news in terms of corporate sentiment? So, you know, it's, it's good to see that, that the SACI Business Confidence Index did rebound off those multi-year lows that we saw in August, but the index is still very subdued. And again, uh, since that steep drop off in business sentiment that we saw late in 2015, we really haven't seen a significant recovery yet. 
And it's not just the, the BCR, that, the Tacky BCR that is showing this. Um, through the course of the week, we had numerous um, indicators showing subdued business sentiment and, and economic activity, including the manufacturing PMI, the Standard Bank PMI, and of course the Business Confidence Index. And all these measures show that the economy is still being crippled by both policy and political uncertainty. And I know that um, around the risk of sounding like a broken record, but no, we really need measures uh, to be put into place to, to kickstart economic growth. Um, measures such as red tape being removed in certain areas to promote uh, small business activity. A tax policy possibly needs to be revised to encourage businesses to expand operations in South Africa. Um, the policy political uncertainty that we talk about all the time needs to be eliminated into spur investment back into South Africa by both domestic and foreign businesses. And, of course, corruption and the looting of state resources has to be abolished. And until such a time that, that these type of issues are addressed, it will be incredibly difficult for South Africa to, to see economic growth gain meaningful and sustained traction um, to such an extent that we can address the massive inequality uh, that the country continues to see, and as, as well as, as the particularly high levels of unemployment. So there's really a lot that needs to be done in order for, for these problems um, to be addressed. And a final one, Jana. Um, the final session for the week, of course, will see the release of the U.S. labor market report. Any significance for South African markets there? Uh, indeed, Sakina, the, the U.S. labor market report, um, the monthly report, is always a, a very important one that the markets uh, monitor. And the reason why they keep a close eye on this is because the U.S. Federal Reserve is, of course, very sensitive to labor market dynamics um, when they decide on, on what they, they're going to do. Um, in terms of monetary policy, whether or not they can increase interest rates. Now, the September data um, is likely to be distorted somewhat by the hurricanes that um, hit various regions in the U.S. um, last month. So the data does need to be viewed um, in this context. But the the broader trend um, in the U.S. labor market, uh, we've seen a continued tightening there. The unemployment rate has been falling uh, for quite some time now, and it's at multi-year lows. Um, but even though the labor market has been tightening, the unemployment rate's been falling, we've not really seen a significant increase in wage growth. And this is important because only once we see wage growth really start to take, to gain traction, um, will it pose risks to the U.S. inflation environment. And of course, we have seen inflation falling in the U.S. as well in recent months. So, the overall picture of a tight U.S. labor market suggests that the Fed might still feel comfortable to raise interest rates um, in December, but the fact that we're not seeing meaningful traction um, in terms of wage growth and, and therefore inflation suggests that beyond December, uh, interest rate hikes might be difficult to justify as the inflationary pressures are simply not present in the U.S. economy. Now, tying this all back to South Africa and, and what it means for 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 the RAND, um, U.S. labor market dynamics, monetary policy dynamics, for obvious reasons, are linked quite closely to how the dollar performs. We have seen the dollar strengthening quite significantly again in yesterday's session, which pressured the RAND. And the markets will then, of course, look at what the labor market report shows us today to help shape um, expectations for um, future years policy risks, which will have an impact on the dollar and then, of course, um, the czar would also be sensitive to such movements. 
Well, Jana, thank you so much and have yourself a fantastic weekend. And that was uh, Jana van Dierfinto, who's Head of Financial Markets at ETM Analytics.